good morning, fair warning, I'm an emotional wreck. But that's okay, right? It was good yesterday, right? It was good to come. I, at one point, uh, Amy was up here, we were coming together, and I gave her a hug, and I just hugged her before it started. And it was just the chatter of people, and it was loud. And I said, this is good. This is good. This is what it used to be. And we, last week, Amy talked about the history and how we got this building, right? And I was thinking, God wouldn't have blessed us with this building if we weren't supposed to fill the building, right? So look around. Look at all the empty seats. We're not doing our job. We're going to work on that as we plan for the future. Amen? So uh, thank you. It's good to be with family. That's what you are. We're family, right? Walter, haven't seen him forever. Um, as, but it's, it's, it's family. We, I didn't leave here until like, I don't know, 4.30, 5 o'clock. Everyone's calling, get over here. And I'm like, oh, I'm visiting with my family from years past and stuff. And it was just, it was just an absolute blessing. And um, yeah, I thank you for doing life with me, guys. I appreciate it. What's that? Yeah, we came with cars, and I'll get out there, and there is no car for me. So Walter gave me a ride home. It's great. So, um, yeah, it was good. So today we're going to talk about vision. And, 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 and I want to start by saying God's plan for your life is so much better than your plan for your life, right? Today's Caleb's 22nd birthday. Um, we were married 24, 5, 50 seems like. We were married a long time ago, but my plan for my life from when I was a kid, when I was a kid in Walter's plays, my plan for my life was I was going to go, I was going to live my life, I was going to do life, and I knew Jesus, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'll come back. I will come. I'll never leave you, but I want to do things my way. And I was going to go off do whatever I wanted to do. And my plan was to come back at 40 and settle down, have a family. I wouldn't, I would have like tiny kids right now, right? I've got adults. I wouldn't even have them, let's be honest, if I had gone with my plans. So God's plans are always better than our plans. But we need to seek God, right? We need to look, we need to ask God what he has for us, and when we were talking um, in the elders' meetings, uh, we were talking about the vision of the church, because Pastor Don's with Jesus. And we were like, "What do we talk about?" And we were like, "I want to make sure that our body knows that they're not lost, that we're that they're not just sheep without a shepherd." And um, and someone had thrown out. I think it was Chris was like, "We should talk about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven." God knows the thoughts he has for us. So we, so we kind of paused uh, our study through Matthew for a while. And, you know, we're just going to talk about our vision and our future and stuff like that. So um, the vision for our church, the vision for our lives. Where do you see yourselves in 10, 20, 30 years? Where do we see the church in 10, 20, 30 years? The answer is I don't know. I don't know where... You will be. I don't know where I will be. I don't know where the church will be. But I do know the one who does know. Amen? I know Jesus, in whom 
I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And because I know Jesus, who else do I know? I know the Father. And because we have that relationship, I know the one who knows everything, and he wants to reveal it to us. So the question is, why, why are we here, right? Everyone has a longing. Once they know Jesus, then it becomes, okay, why? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Last week at basic, you know, one of the kids was like, I just want to know my calling, right? Like, I want to serve Jesus. I just want to know how he wants me to serve him. We've gone through a long series on who we are in Christ, right? We just, like, finished it up. It seems like it went on for, like, decades. It was, it was good. And it, because we need to know who we are. We need to know whose we are in order to know what he has for us, right? Uh, and it's important to figure out why you are here. You are here at this point in time, at this place, for a reason, Right? I gotta be honest with you, I love simpler times. I love Williamsburg. Takes me back. I was like, man, there's a part of me that's like, God, I should have been born here, right? But I wasn't because God has me here for a reason, right? Esther, for such a time as this, she saved her entire nation because God had her in a place that he had for her at a specific time, just like you, right? See, I believe, that, I believe that the God of the universe designed each and every one of us and created us for his divine purpose. Like, you're not just here to get through life and hopefully end up with a card. No, with a ticket when you get to heaven, say, hey, I know a guy. Like, you're not just here for that. He's got a purpose for each and every one of us. Okay, memory verse. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.9 uh, says, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. See, from the very beginning, God had a purpose for you, and he had a reason. He knew you were going to sin. He made a way out from the very beginning of time. It says he didn't save us because we do great things, right? He saved us because he does great things. And I got to tell you, he wants to do great things through you if we let him. Um, let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for calling us, God. God, I thank you for making us a part of your family, your family that spans all across the world, God. We are part of that family because of your son, Jesus. And I just pray that you would be glorified. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Take my jumbled words and make them make sense. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was talking with Walter yesterday. Someone was like, hey, who made that carrot cake? And I was like, Walter. And they were like, oh, it was so good. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, and I was like, well, Walter was here. And then I was trying to figure out when he was here. Because I started coming here in 1982. That's my mom. 
1982 was when I first started coming here, and Walter was here. And I said, Walter was the, he was the worship leader. He was, he was the director, and oh, it was, it was Katie. And, and she was like, because she had done a production over here. And I was like, remember the things, the Amal set? I said, that was Walter's place. So we were just reminiscing. And he was, he was like, I did everything. I was campus. I was this. I was that. And I was like, oh, it was, so, it was just so good to go through all of that um, time. And, and what he said, we were sitting over here with, with Jim Cassidy. And he said, I remember we just wanted to get together. We just wanted to get together and seek God. We wanted to pray and worship, Pat was there. And she was like, I just, we just wanted to, we studied scripture. We dug into the word always. We just wanted to be together. And I was like, sounds like the revival in Asbury, right? What did it start with? Worship, prayer, repentance. That's what it started with. Seeking God. You know what happens when you seek God? You find him. You find him. Um, okay, uh, so I started into Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I just went in and I was like, "This is this is not for this is this is for a specific people at a specific time, right?" And that's what the Bible is. But we can see in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven the heart of our Father. So uh, I just want to jump back to like history lesson from the beginning, like who this was talking to. Um, I was talking to God's chosen people. And they went by many names. They were called Israelites, Jews, Hebrews, uh, children of Abraham, daughters of Zion. My favorite, God's chosen people. That's who this was for. So who were they? Uh, Exodus 19.5 says, Now then, if you will indeed, this is God talking to the Israelites, if you will indeed obey my voice uh, and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people, for all the earth is mine. First Kings 10.9 says, Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. And he didn't delight in them because they were special. He delighted in them because he was special and chose them. Uh, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. First Chronicles 17, 20, uh, and says, O Lord, there is none like you, you, nor there, is there any God beside you. According to all that we have heard with our ears and with one nation in the earth is like your people, Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people to make you a great name a great and terrible, of great and terrible things in driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed out of Egypt. Like, it, it seems throughout the Bible unfair if you weren't an Israelite, right? They're like, for crying out loud, like, why, why me? Like, why them? Like, people, God saved them. They turned their backs. God saved them. <laughs> they turned their backs. Other people did, like, things against them, and God wiped them out. And you're like, for crying out loud, why are, are they? You know, I tell my kids, every one of my kids, I say, you're my favorite. They were God's favorite people. 
Uh, Jeremiah 31, 1 through 4 says, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. They didn't survive the sword. Like God rescued them from the sword. Like this kind of gives them like, like a little credit. But God rescued them. They found grace in the wilderness. Israel, when it went to find its rest, the Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. This is the heart of the Father. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. He said that to his chosen people, the one that he loves. Um, (laughs) Do we have any Israelites here besides Adam? Yeah, lucky Adam, right? Uh, So why did God choose them? Uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse 6 says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession. Out of all the people who are on the face of the earth, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the people. I love this. Like, I didn't choose you because you were Adam. God didn't choose your people because they were so incredibly great, right? Like it says that they were the smallest. They were the fewest of all people. That's what God likes to do. You know, take the ones down and raise them up. Because they were the fewest of all people, but the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers. Because God, when he sets something in, he doesn't stop. The Lord brought you out of a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The same reason he chose you, because he's good. And they were chosen for a purpose. God chose the nation of Israel to be the people through whom Jesus would be born, right? That's pretty special, like the lineage all the way down through Jesus. The the Savior from the sin of death. God told Abraham that the Messiah would come from his descendants and that he would be all nations, not just for Israel. We'll get to that in Genesis 12. Jesus Christ is the ultimate reason why God chose Israel to be his special people. He needed somebody in which to bring the Savior. He needed someone so he could send his son for you and for me. Um, for, For your family, for your friends, for your neighbor, your co-worker, that's why God chose them. God did not need to have a chosen people, but he, he decided to do it that way because Jesus had to come from someone, right? Uh, and God blessed Israel over and over. Even when Israel failed, God did not because they were his chosen ones. They were his special ones. He made a covenant with them, and he doesn't break his covenants. However, God's reason for choosing the nation of Israel was not just for that, right? God's desire for Israel would be that they would go teach. They would tell people, there's a Messiah. He's coming. Get ready, right? They would be waiting. God wanted them waiting for them. In order to teach about someone, you need to know him, right? It's hard to tell someone, let me tell you about my friend who I haven't met yet, right? He wanted them to be missionaries. His, God's intent was for Israel to be set apart from the rest of the world, to be different. So the world would be like, yo, I don't know what they've got, but I want it. 
Sound familiar? They were to be different. A nation that pointed others to Christ. And his promise provided a redeemer, Messiah, and a savior. Now, how did that go most of the time for Israel? Come on, tell me about your family history. Not very good all the time, right? They blew it a lot. They'd turn around, they'd repent, they'd blow it, they'd repent. Uh, God's ultimate purpose for Israel, bringing the Messiah into the world for all mankind. He wanted to fulfill perfectly in the perfect person of Jesus Christ. Uh, Okay, Genesis 12, verse 1 says, The Lord has said to Abraham, this is the promise, The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So God's taken Abraham and all of his people, and he's like, Okay, I've got some place better for you, because I'm awesome, and you're going to reap the benefits. Go to your, go to your country and your people, and, and I'm going to show you where to go. I will make you a great nation. I will make you one person, one family. God is going to turn that around and make him into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. That sounds harsh, guys, right? But you had, you had Jews, and you had Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles, the Jews were a certain people, right? The Gentiles weren't a certain people, right? Like, we have we have Asian, and we have African, and we have Caucasian, European, and we have all these different types of people. In the Bible, you had Jews and Gentiles, God's chosen ones and the ones that weren't, right? And then you, you were either chosen by God and a Jew, or you were just not, and that was all there was to it. Um, verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. Now, what I want you to see is how much God loved and cared for and took care of his people, his chosen ones. The heart of the Father is to take care of those that he owns, right? That is the heart of the Father. Uh, up to this point, that was Israel. But then... Jesus came along. And this is where it gets exciting for us. Because we become the chosen one, right? I know, I probably spoiled it for you. You didn't know that. So, through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose, God, whose name God changed to Israel is who Jesus came through. Now, the disciples, who were they? There's bread in the back. <laughs> the disciples were Jews, right? The disciples were Jews that decided to study under this controversial um, teacher named Jesus. And they wanted to do, they knew what they were supposed to do. They were fulfilling their calling, what they wanted to do. So they were Jews and they knew that Jesus was the Messiah. But some of the Jews didn't, right? And Paul at this point is confused and he's heartbroken. Anybody ever have their family? Every hand goes up, right? Family that doesn't know that Jesus is the Messiah? You know, when someone says, hey, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus, and he wants you to tell your family about him, that family always comes to your mind, right? This is where, where Paul was. He was heartbroken. His people didn't even see that their Messiah was right in front of them. 
Romans 10 uh, says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites and that they might be saved. For I can testify about them that, that, they, that they are zealous for God. They love God. But their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they, don't, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. That's like, that gets you right there. We need to not seek our own righteousness, but we need to constantly move our eyes, get them on God's righteousness. Uh, and they sought their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Verse 4, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for every single person who believes. Moses writes about this righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But righteousness that is, that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven. That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But who, said, who does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. That is the message that this church started on, right? It was faith. It was love. It was Jesus. Jesus loves you. Verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, Paul's not talking to the Jews. He's talking to the Gentiles here. As the scripture says, uh, verse 11, as the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Now we're starting to, we are the Gentile, the, 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 the non-Jews are starting to have the promises that used to be reserved for the Israelites said about them here. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses everyone who calls on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, some say that God turned his back on the Israelites, right? Some's like, oh, they used to be his chosen people, and then, yep, boom, they're not. God didn't turn his back on the Israelites. He just opened it up for everyone, right? Uh, Romans 11 says, Did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham, the man. And from the tribe of Benjamin, God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. He made it better. Don't you know what scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed their knees to Baal. So that at this present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. Grace would no longer be grace. See, the kingdom of God has been opened up for all who believe. Now, everyone who says that Jesus is my Messiah is part of the chosen ones of God. Right? That's the, that's the promise we have. Um, and he's going to take care of you the same way 
that he took care of the Israelites when they were, when they needed him. We are no longer Gentiles. We are his, called just like the nation of Israel was, to teach others, to be missionaries, to go out and tell people about the Savior, who back then they were telling about a Savior's coming someday in the sweet by and by, but now we can say, I've got to tell you about a Savior, and he's here right now. We're going to tell our friends, our family, about the Savior, because he wants to save them. He really wants to make our friends that don't know him he wants to make them part of the family also. 1 Peter 2.9. This is another one you probably no one's ever heard of, right? 1 Peter 2.9. Because of Jesus, and because you've been part of the chosen one now, because you're welcomed into the family of the chosen one, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's my favorite one. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you weren't so hot. Once you were not a people. But now, because of Jesus, you are the people of God. Once you were like the Gentiles in the Old Testament. You didn't receive the mercy. But now you receive mercy. Romans 1, Paul says, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. See, Paul, at this point, he's like, I now get it. I have a calling. And he recognizes his calling, and he tells people, I got it. I'm called, I'm to be set aside to be an apostle, set aside for the gospel of God. Verse 2 says, the gospel that he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. He came up through that lineage. And through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles, that's us, to the obedience that comes from the faith in his namesake. And you also are among the Gentiles who are called to belong to Christ. See, the, in the Old Testament, when, when, when in Jeremiah 29, 11, I didn't say this, but the, the, Israel was in captive. They were kept in captivity, right? And God says, hey, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to come there for you. Let me go back to that. Um, It, it, the, the letter, the title in your Bible says Jeremiah, Jeremiah's letter to the captives. This is the letter to God's special nation. It says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Now, he tells them why next. He says, then in this time that we're talking about, he says, you will call upon me and go and pray with me. I will listen to you. You will seek me. You will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity, right? When we, before we met Christ, we were in captivity. But God says, I, he's the one that brings us out of that. 
I don't know what this is doing. So 10 and 11, we love that promise, right? But how does it say to get there? It says pray, seek, and you'll do all these things. We want Jeremiah 29, 10 and 11. We don't necessarily always want 12, 13, and 14, right? That's what we want. That's what God wants us to have. So, um, okay, let's go back to Romans. Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart. Um, verse, verse 5 says, Through him, through Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith from his namesake. And you also are among the Gentiles who were called to Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome. Because Jesus was, he was in there. He was working with them. He was talking with them. And the, the religious people, they were just butting heads. And they're like, no, this is not for them. And here it was revealed to them that it was because they started like, they started getting the blessings. They started getting the, 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 the gifts. And they were like, I don't know what's going on. I thought this was just for our people. But now we're seeing it's for everyone. Verse 7 says, To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, so with, with Pastor Don gone, we're trying to figure things out, right? We may not know exactly what the future of community gospel looks like. I've got to be honest with you. But we know the one who does. And we know that he loves us. We know that he has a plan and a future that we can't stop, right? Like, because if it was up to the Israelites in the Old Testament, they would have stopped, like, verse (laughs) 2. They'd have been like, oh, they saw God, they loved God, they did it, they got tired, and they bailed. And then it would have been done. But because God's mission can't be stopped... It didn't stop that he just continued to pick them up and redeem them. The promises that he gave to Community Gospel 47 years ago are still the promises that he has for us today. They are still true. Did God abandon Israel? No, no. And he's not going to abandon you. Uh, He starts, he completes. He always completes what he starts He has not left us without a shepherd, right? Chris was talking last week. We have a team of shepherds following the good shepherd. We are here for you. Um, I am confident of this. There are not many things that I'm confident of right now, right? But I am confident that he who began a good work here He will complete it. I am excited. I'm excited to what's going to happen because it's going to carry it on. I'm excited for what the Lord has for the future of community gospel. When 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 I see it filled, I'm like, that's what we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be the ones that are leaving here, going out to our friends, going out to our family, going out to Oneonta, going out to college. I mean, the college ministry was started 50 years ago, right? This church was based off of college ministry. It's just, it's amazing to me.
like talk about it like a uh, yeah, it's great. Um, we are praying. We are seeking God. We are fasting, and I encourage you to do the same because we're doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for you guys, and we're doing it for the church because we want. We have all. You can ask anyone here, what's your plan for the community gospel? And they'll give you a plan, the way that we think it should go. Sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're different. We, we don't want our plan. Because our plans are awful, right? I mean, maybe they're not awful, but they're not God's plans. And just like I had planned to settle down when I was 40, I wouldn't have a family right now. God's plans are much better than that. I don't know everything, but I know that he is good. And just like he never left Israel, he never leaves us. He's not going to leave us orphaned. I love, I love, the, it, it, he's not going to leave us orphans. He's going to adopt us. I love those that know me. My, I, I, I love kids that are adopted and, you know, like God picking, hand picking them. You know, it says we, we've been rooted and grafted. And I was going to go deep into this, but, but you've been grafted into the family of God. And, and when you graft something, it, you, you take a healthy branch and you cut it and then you put the other twig in and it becomes part. And eventually you can't even tell that they're not part. So like when the world looks on us, they should look at us and say, Wow, they're part of the family of God, the holy chosen family of God. Uh, so now that we have established that you are, that we are God's chosen people, just as much as the Israelites in the Old Testament, none of us exactly know our future, and that's a good thing. But our Heavenly Father does, and He does know the thoughts that he has for you, and he thinks good thoughts towards you. The thoughts are of peace. They are not of evil, and they will give you a hope in the future. Will you seek him? Will you seek him until you find him? I promise you, you will find him. He wants to show you what he has for you. So um, as we continue, we're just going to, continue to seek God, what he has for us, what he has for our future. In the past few years, we've always done like um, the beginning of the year, like fasts and like just seeking God for what he has for our church, for, for community gospel, for the coming year. And with everything that was going on, we didn't do that this year. Um, but we're doing it. We're doing it individually, but I think it's important to do it corporately. So we are going to be um, figuring out what's next and exactly how it's going to be structured and exactly what God wants for us. Um, so seek God uh, for the future because he knows. He knows better than anyone um, what he has for us. And we don't want to do our plans. We want to do what he has. So will you seek him with us? Thank you. God, I thank you that you know what you have for us. God, I thank you that you, um, have, you have chosen us, that you've chosen to do this work through us, 
and with us. God, I pray that you would um, help us be the light to Oneonta, help Community Gospel share your love with the lost and dying people out there. God, I just pray that we would be the light that you have set on the hill. In Jesus' name, amen.